Good morning, Cleveland. This is Pastor C.A. here at Faith Memorial Church in this great city of Cleveland, Tennessee, and you are tuning in to Thinking Out Loud. This morning, I'm going to continue our conversation about John chapter 20 and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And on the last episode, you remember I talked about church competition and John's account of him outrunning Peter and him being the disciple that Jesus loved and how oftentimes competition and comparison seeps into church, not just into the local church, but into churches in the similar community or even churches across the globe, we end up comparing ourselves and competing with one another rather than collaborating and working together. And it becomes an unfortunate hindrance to the furtherance of the gospel rather than a proponent for its furtherance. But today I wanted to take that and carry that thought just a step further. And I've often said that sometimes when you're thinking about Scripture, you learn as much from what Scripture doesn't say as what you learn from what it does say. Now, this isn't always the case, and this isn't kind of an argument from silence. This is saying that sometimes Scripture doesn't say something, and in in its absence, it speaks volumes. Now, what I'm talking about specifically here is when John outruns Peter to the tomb, it says that he gets there, and he stoops down, and he looks in. He doesn't go in himself, but he stops and he looks in. Now, Peter's coming along. You've got John here stationed outside the tomb, and Peter's coming along like a hurricane, just, you know, full force, you know, full throttle, pedal to the metal. And John, it doesn't say that John gets in his way. It doesn't say that John says, wait a second, Peter, I got here first. I should be the first one to go in. Because we're talking about the place of resurrection life. We're talking about resurrection power. And John doesn't say, hey, Peter, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate your heart. I appreciate how long you've been working and striving and pressing towards the mark. But listen, I've been here longer. I'm the disciple that Jesus has loved. My church got to 100 members first. I made it to this spot before you did. So it's only right since I've done my due diligence that I go to the place of resurrection life first. It's only right that I see the revival or the awakening come to my church first. I appreciate you and I want you to be a part of this. I want you to see good things, but I should get it first. It should come to me first. It doesn't say that. John doesn't get in Peter's way because you know what happens when someone's running and another person crouches and gets in their way, they collapse and they both end up flat on their face. That's what happens when someone gets in a stooped or crouched position, gets in the way of somebody who's running. They both end up flat down on their face and neither one of them go to the place of resurrection life. But what is happening here is John, even though he made it there first, even though he identifies himself as the disciple Jesus loved, even though he's been guilty of comparison and competitiveness this whole time, he doesn't get in Peter's way and Peter gets to go into the place of resurrection life first. But you know what the miracle of all this is? The miracle of all this is, is that it says John went in after him. So John still got to go in. If he would have tried to get in Peter's way, neither one of them would have made it to the place of resurrection life. But because he got out of the way, let Peter go in, they both found themselves in the place of resurrected life and saw the linen cloth folded and put in its place, the one that went about the head to show the finished work of Jesus Christ. And they saw the other laying on the slab that's meant for the body to show that the body still had work to do. And they believed, and then they went home and went to their place, and they both got to be where they 
they belonged and at their home or that place that signifies their dwelling. They got to go to their place and fulfill their role because they didn't get in each other's way. And this is such a crucial thought process of the utmost practicality is that in our day, in the American church, so often we feel like we shouldn't let other people like have something that we ourselves don't have. I don't know if you guys have been tempted by this, but I found myself at times in the past being tempted where so-and-so's church is growing and you want to feel good for them, but then you look and you're like, well, is my church growing? Or they're talking about a revival and they're praying for a revival and they say, hey, I think revival is coming to our church. And there's an aspect of you that wants to rejoice because there's revival in the body, but there's another aspect that says, okay, God, why not me? Haven't I done enough? Haven't I been paying my due diligence? And what happens? is instead of rejoicing and celebrating the victories for other pieces and other portions of the body, we end up allowing this comparison and this competitiveness to steal that joy and pit ourselves one against another. And we end up getting in each other's way and no one gets to go into awakening. No one gets to go into that place of resurrection life and revival because we're too worried about who gets to go in first. And if we would just get out of each other's way, we would find that we would all get to go in together. This has been Thinking Out Loud with Pastor CA. God bless and have a great day.